there's no manual for what we're going through. So I always tell people when I train them in mindfulness that when we have anxiety or worry about things that haven't happened yet, we're living in the future. And when we have depression or regret, shame, guilt, all those lower emotions, we're living in the past. And we can stay in that energy spiral, negative energy, or we can practice mindfulness in all different kinds of ways. You can practice it to bring yourself back. Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where we profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the voices that are sparking their thinking and igniting their practice. This episode of the show is sponsored by Fidgets. Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that allow students to bring code to life quickly and easily from their computer. Try Fidgets out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. That's Fidgets with a PH and ordering your free starter kit today. Not only will you receive some free gear, you'll also be helping the podcast. Again, to order your free Fidget starter kit, just go to bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. Now, I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today, I'm speaking with Erica Sandstrom. Erica is where green screens meet social-emotional learning. She is a digital media teacher and coach for 6th through 8th grades who loves nothing more than sharing her creative passions with students of all ages. Erica is the founder of At Club Mindful and hashtag Log Off for Living. Her motto? Cultivating compassion through creativity. Follow Erica on Twitter at GreenScreenGal, on Instagram at GreenScreenGal44, on Facebook at GreenScreenGal, on her website at GreenScreenGal.com, and on YouTube at Erica Sandstrom. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to light it up? I am so ready, Tim. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure. You and I connected about a month ago on Instagram Live, and I think that's where I found you on Instagram. And I just thought after our conversation, this person is electric. Got to get her on the podcast. (laughs) Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current context in education? Where are you situated and what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Well, thanks so much. Um, Yeah, I definitely would say I'm in Fuego. I'm a Leo to fire sign, but um, I am a a teacher in Peabody, Massachusetts. It's a nice little town, uh, 20 minutes north, actually city, 20 minutes north of Boston. And I work at the Higgins Middle School. Uh, Right now, I am a sixth through eighth grade digital media teacher, but I was just recently, just a few days ago, accepted the digital learning coach position at my school. So I'm going to do both this year. Um, I'm also the founder of the Mindful Superhero Club that you mentioned, uh, where we go by at Club Mindful. And um, I'm also a mindfulness uh, professional development instructor for my district and beyond. And recently, um, for the second time, was on Wakelet with the mighty Mizba. It's called My Mindful Moments with Mizba. It's so much fun. And I'm going to be on um, another uh, show that's called Loving Gratitude. It's for ADHD families children, uh, teachers, and so on. And uh, being an ADHD adult, um, it's a pretty powerful thing to talk about how mindfulness helped me with them. And uh, a little bit more, I'm also serving as on the 21, uh, 21st century technology team at my school district and teach PD there. Um, 
for MassQ and Salem State Collaborative. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erica, one of the things that impresses me is just how much you have going on. And so I look forward to hearing more about that connection between technology and wellness and mindfulness. But first of all, it is story time. So share with us about a low moment or an experience of adversity that you faced somewhere in your teaching or education career and describe how you overcame it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Being a technology teacher, I mean, we all have have low moments um, when things crash, and it's it's hard to pick just one moment. Um, uh, one funny story is my very first day of school as a brand new teacher, fifth grade teacher in, in Belton, Missouri. And um, I remember walking into my first day with my cute polka dot dress and uh, there was a storm the night before, but Miss Sandstrom decided to put all of the textbooks on the floor next to each kid's desk. <laughs> Instead of just put them on their desk, they were all on the floor. Well, there was a huge storm, and the only classroom that was flooded was mine. It was a huge hole in the ceiling when I got there, very first day of school. And um, so it wasn't fun when I flooded every single textbook there. So that, that I, you know, overcame just the way anybody would. And I... But the truth is, when I think about overcoming all these things, like when at Gillette Stadium, where my presentation crashed and, and, and so on, is, is cultivating my own practice of mindfulness. And by that, I mean, ever since I really started a true practice and started teaching yoga and all these things, I, I find myself, instead of reacting, I'm responding now to everything everything in life. And it's, it's so important um, for teachers to do that for themselves first. And it's, you know, teaching middle school is, is a, not for the faint of heart. It's definitely, um, definitely a, a, a tough audience, you know, but think about when we were all 13, you know, and um, I always tell people, I'm not a teacher, I'm a guardrail. We're just trying to help them through this. But with mindfulness, you, you start to not take things personally and you start to pay attention more to your own your own uh, reaction or responses to things. So as far as um, particular things I overcame, um, I feel like ever since I, I started all of that, it, it's changed my life in all areas. No, that's amazing. And I want to go back to that experience. I think a lot of teachers can probably relate to, you know, just having that rough start to the day and to the year even. And you're absolutely right. It does require some really thoughtful, intentional taking control of your own thought processes, right? And you talk about mindfulness, so important to choose a, a thoughtful response rather than just reacting and, and sort of not a very professional term, but freaking out, let's say, and, and allowing that to get the better of us and and completely throw us off. Erica, your Twitter profile reads in part where green screens meet SEL and those two strands of digital media and social emotional learning could not be more timely with remote learning and hybrid learning going on today. How important is SEL and how should teachers be thinking about it in their instructional planning? Anybody that will talk to me about this is, is totally my friend. Uh, it is so important right now um, for obvious reasons, because this is a uh, uncharted waters um, that we are all in. And being present is the most important thing we can do for ourselves, our sanity and for our students, especially. But um, just like I always tell people, you can't learn when you're stressed or you're anxious and you're full of fear. And we also can't teach when we have those emotions going on. And Two, you know, I always tell people there's two emotions on this planet. There's love 
and fear. And we're in fight or flight mode right now with um, with COVID and everything going on. And it, it's it's super important to when you go into those freakouts, um, which I do too, everybody does, is to bring yourself back to the present moment. And there's no manual for what we're going through. So I always tell, you know, I always tell people when I train them in mindfulness that when we have anxiety or worry about things that haven't happened yet, we're living in the future. And when we have depression or regret, shame, guilt, all those lower emotions, I call them, um, we're living in the past. And we can stay in that energy spiral, negative energy, or we can practice mindfulness in all different kinds of ways. You can practice it to bring yourself back, bring yourself back to that. And I'll tell you about one of my tricks later of how I do that. But, um, and I've been, one thing I've loved is that I've been, you know, preaching meditation for years to people and they were, you know, I was always the crazy hippie girl. And I can't even tell me, you know, I'll tell you how many people have reached out to me asking me, um, you know, Erica, what is the best app I can use? I'm really, I just can't handle this. I'm really stressed. And so um, I, I feel not just for the green screen, which is also another thing people are into now, but I feel um, great that people are reaching out because I get it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sad that it took something this big to get them there, but they're there. But the thing that's not good is, you know, that I stress though, well, not that it's not good, but when I stress about using these, uh, using mindfulness, I always tell people, you know, if you're going to make a glitter jar with your students, you know, where you shake up glitter and you have the kids, um, you talk about how their mind is racing and that's that glitter in the jar is the, the mind shaking everywhere. And anyway, they put the glitter jar down and then they watch it until they calm down um, and they breathe with it, music. It's not just for the tough times. And that's the thing about mindfulness is as stressed out as everybody is, this is something we should be practicing just like brushing your teeth and exercising and everything else we do. And um, so I hope that it starts a true practice for everybody. But what I love um, too are all the awesome apps out there right now for teachers. It's free, 10% uh, Happier and Headspace are both free for educators and first responders and uh, essential workers. Insight Timer's a great one. I love the Calm Breathing Bubble. Um, and so on. So I hope that answered the question. Well, how it meets green screen? Is that uh, what you would like to know more about? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just how important is SEL? I think you spoke to that. And how can teachers be thinking about it in their practice? You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the calm breathing bubble. And I started every Google Meet uh, for three months with that uh, YouTube clip. There's a YouTube clip that sort of illustrates that breathing bubble. And so once all of my students were there, before we did our check-in, we did one or two minutes of the breathing bubble, which was always good. And I hope they actually, you know, it's hard for me to always tell as the teacher, right? You can't always see what your students are doing, but I hope they did take advantage. How else, let me push you one step further here. Sure. You talked about the importance of our kids feeling safe and calm and happy what else can teachers do? I know many teachers are heading back to school here in the next couple of weeks. How can teachers do that through screens? What are Do you have any practical strategies on that front? Oh, gosh. Um, well, actually, that's what Mizba and Wakelet and I talked about a lot um, during our two webinars. But they're teaching, um, teaching students about recognizing their emotions and how they feel them in their body and you know, checking in with them 
in so many fun uh, ways is important. But I also feel like um, one of the things I'm doing is having them actually create these videos and projects around mindfulness and social emotional learning because it's helping them to teach others. And sometimes that's a better approach. It just seems like if you give them a project instead of just uh, something asking about their feelings, you know, give them something to work on um, that can be creative. And uh, for example, we I had my students create a video where they're passing love and uh, kindness through a it's um I use a what are they called a yellow highlighter, and this yellow highlighter ends up in their screen. It could drop from the sky, it can come up from the floor, and then the kids. Um, are doing all kinds of fun things, uh, something they love. One is skateboarding. One girl had it dropping her lemonade, and and um, someone else uh, caught it with a you know with a baseball mitt and hit it with a baseball bat. But what they do when they get this marker is they uh, draw a smiley face in the air, which we have animated using the green screen technology. It's really cool. It's hard to explain on a podcast, but it's so we're working on that right now. Um, and you know, I do a lot of emoji check-ins with the kids. Um, I've also learned that not every kid wants to talk. So that chat room is really powerful in breakout rooms and things like that. But uh, I could give you a hundred breathing techniques and chair yoga and all these things to teach them ways to calm their body down. Um, but I think movement is a huge part of that. I, that's a tough question because it's such a big answer. <laughs> oh, it's it's so difficult. And I, I think, you know, no one teacher will have all of the answers, but the more we can share strategies and ideas, I think the richer we'll all be and our students will be. You know, you made me think, or just thinking about check-ins and, and temperature check-ins. I usually ask my students, you know, how are you feeling from one to five? And a couple of days or a few days, I guess, I actually sent them over to Padlet. And so we were still in the Google Meet. We could still hear each other. And I would allow them to unmute their microphones. And then we all went into Padlet and I said, throw up a gif that symbolizes how you're feeling you know sort of like uh, <laughs> sort of like uh, George Kuros's Friday gif day and <laughs> and so all the gifs start showing up on Badlet and it really was a lot of fun so that's another idea too in terms of um, allowing kids to check in with emojis or even uh, animations right yeah we do the gifs and I always have them pick gifs that make them laugh mine are cat gifs or gifs or whatever you call them they laugh belly laugh every time so we hit that emotion too. Like what will bring you to joy? So um, we have a lot of fun games we play, a lot of social emotional learning things, but just, they don't even realize half the time that that's what we're doing. It's just, uh, there's, there's a million ways to get creative with it. I'd love to do another special on that and uh, think it through and like <laughs> share them all with you sometime. Hey, that should be a wakelet, I think, right there. Connecting exercises. All right. Thank you for that, because I'm going to call Mizba right after this. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the, the Mizba that Erica is referring to is, I, I can't even recall his position, but I've connected with him live from Wakelet. And Wakelet is, now you and I talked, I think, on Instagram or recently about this, but Wakelet sort of stands out from the crowd in terms of their customer service and Mizba has gotten in touch personally. He emailed me personally, and I know he's done that with so many other educators, and he is more than happy to get on a call, to get on a Zoom, and explain everything that Wakelet does. And by the way, Wakelet is free, so there, there's no financial angle uh, that you're being pressured into buying or, or upselling or anything like that, but just a really helpful guy. So shout out to Mizba. We appreciate what you do. 
Erica, let's get to the other strand I mentioned earlier, green screens. I know your teaching covers so much more than just green screen projects, but clearly green screens are important enough to you that you've built your entire brand around them as the green screen gal. So what do you think teachers need to know about green screens and the possibilities for learning that they present? All right, once again, Tim, we don't have any time for all of that, but (laughs) I'm so glad you you asked. Um, Yeah, I'm just so happy that the, the, the good kind of fever, the green screen fever seems to be here now more than ever. I'm not alone in my little, my little uh, mothership now, but um, you know, we're all here on this, this beautiful planet to find our purpose and to find your purpose, you find your passion. Your passion is your purpose. And my passions, I have two of them. And I've been working on mindfulness on one end and green screen on the other. But the fact that I found a way to marry them and they are together now was this huge light bulb. And all of these opportunities just, you know, came, came through the door, but also I, I can't stop creating. But as far as the green screen, why green screen? I mean, geez, why not? Uh, the, the benefits are, you know, students can, um, the creativity that comes out of them is unbelievable. It, it, it really brings out their uh, personalities too. And I always tell the kids, just because you're not in front of the camera, behind the camera is just as important, if not more sometimes, just to be that person. So I love that there's something for everybody. It's not about you know, people hear green screen, they think, oh, I'm too shy, which happens to me a lot with my students. But there's so much more behind the scenes. And the filming part is just one small piece of the video production process. Um, but also green screens are great for social emotional learning. And um, and you have these teachable moments. For example, we were actually creating a video about I statements and the kids started arguing. So I just swooped in my mindful superhero cape and uh, and I um. And I uh, helped them learn about I statements and practice them right there. And then we moved on with the production. So you have those teachable moments. And also every subject on the every subject on the planet is, is so great for the green screen. There isn't one thing that someone teaches that we can't find an idea for. Um, but most importantly, I think with the green screen, besides all the obvious things that it does for um, problem solving and all those higher level thinking skills, is that kids are playing again. So are adults, but kids playing and pretending is probably one of the most important things they can do for their um, development. And I, I, um, I can't even explain to you the laughter that happens, even the people that aren't on the green screen, even the ones who are planning it and just watching their gears turn. And then, you know, who should use them? Who shouldn't? That's another thing. A lot of people say, oh, well, they might be too young to try that. And that's why I love the Doink app and I love WeVideo and I love, you know, I love all the green screen apps actually, because, you know, kids like Achilles can use the iPad, but um, uh, you can use other things too. But one thing that I find the most fun is teaching my 80 year old father, my dad, I call him hashtag green screen dad. Yeah. You can look it up. I'm starting to post his stuff. Um, I don't think he knows, but don't worry about it. He'll get over it. (laughs) But he, uh, he, he is just adorable. And, Um, I also, so I, the thing about that is just, you know, seniors, we work with a lot of seniors. Uh, my club called mindful superhero club is, um, just a quick thing on that. It's that it's a bunch of students who practice mindfulness, practice yoga, they do gratitude journals, everything. They have a whole curriculum, but we create these videos. We create these videos and we also volunteer our green screen. So we go to assisted livings. Um, I'm even going to link one for you in the, in the show notes. 
um, where we bring the green screen and there's no better person to be on the green screen than, than a, a funny senior. And um, with the technology of green screen, we can cover the wheelchairs and the walkers. And I, you know, seeing a 90 year old bungee jump, is just a riot. They, I mean, it's, and they're so fresh. They're so funny and they're so awesome. And so we've been, we kind of miss doing it because of COVID. We really miss doing that. And we also hope to get into hospitals like Shriners Hospital and things like that, because there's so much joy behind it. And I think, you know, out of all those educational reasons to do it, the joy is probably the best reason. And um, yeah, so I, I could go on about that forever. So <laughs> you're going to have to cut me off. <laughs> uh, would you like an example of what we make? Or Sure. Okay. So for example, I mentioned the glitter jar earlier. Um, on my Twitter, you'll see one of my students, we, uh, him and I together created it where uh, he's inside the glitter jar. And then it we turned it into a meditation that teachers can use. It's on YouTube. Just put in um, um, settle your glitter. And basically he teaches you how to use a glitter jar, but it's really cute. Enrique, he's inside the glitter jar. And then another one, my students, they have their green capes on. And in the green capes, we turn the capes into um, green screens. So they have smiley faces flying through them, all stuff. And uh, I have one video where they save this girl. Um, she is putting herself down, which we all do, negative self-talk. So they swoop in, you know, and tell her to put those brakes on that negative self-talk and they, you know, help save the day. But my favorite part about doing all these um, or creating these videos and creating these uh, beautiful things the kids make is that I hear them in the hallway practicing it. I had a, I had a student, uh, I heard some students down the hallway at their locker saying, you know, put those breaks on that negative self-talk to one of their friends. And, I, you know, that's when your heart just explodes. Like, oh, my God, it works. So, yeah, that's just two. But if you go on my Twitter, you'll see all the beautiful things we make, even posters and stuff like that. Let's get a little bit practical here for middle and high school teachers. Well, teachers of all at all age levels, because I know a lot of primary teachers are doing stuff with green screens as well. So let's talk to those teachers in, in terms of tools for a moment. First of all, let's speak to the teacher that maybe doesn't have a green screen and maybe doesn't even have access to a green screen in their school that they know of. What can they do to get started with green screens? Another great question. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have a better answer later. Um, you, you actually, it's funny you said that. I'm actually um, in a free um, summit next week. And this one is through WeVideo. And I'll be teaching that exact thing. And it's called the No Green Screen Green Screen Project. I kid you not. It's, uh, I think it's Tuesday. So you can sign up for free for that. Um, because there are ways you don't always need a green screen and there's even, um, websites out there that can remove it, remove BG and stuff like that. But, um, you know, what other tools, gosh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot right now. Um, but I would say off the top of my head, just remove.bg for remove background. I would just tell, um, elementary teachers to be careful because that's on a big server. So, you know, safety reasons and stuff. And then also, uh, unscreen.com takes out video background. However, the green screen is always better, but you can get started. We video, uh, for example, and doing both have libraries full of stuff in there that are um, footage ready to go. And uh, so you can create even without a green screen. I love it. Yeah. Would you now what I was waiting for you to say that I didn't hear was that if, a, a, let's say, a middle school teacher has a blank wall 
and oh, it's you. just painted in a some kind of a boring pastel. I mean, that will work as long as it doesn't match anything on the student too closely. And obviously, that's the whole reasoning behind this brilliant green color is that it really doesn't show up in anything that we wear. It doesn't show up in any faces, but other colors do work, right? Oh my gosh. See, this is why I said I'd have a better answer later. I can't even believe I didn't mention chroma key. I didn't know this question was coming. So um, chroma key um, is so incredible. Yes, you do not need green. For example, the owner of Dewink actually started this thing. Uh, we were, uh, I forgot what we were calling it now, but we took our yoga mats and she said, let's see where people can go today. Everybody take out your yoga mat and use the app and go on an adventure. And I, you know, I had mine turn into water where I jumped into it and, and stuff, but like just having the yoga mat, any color, any solid color wall, as long as you have pretty good lighting, um, chroma key can take out that background. You can do that in we video and solid background. The problem with the solid background though, not that it's a problem, but um, the reason it's green screens are green. One of them is because other colors are in our clothes or even our eyes. So if you have a blue, wall and you have blue eyes, you almost, you know, look demonic afterwards. You have to be careful because it will take out all the blue in that scene. So you have to find a color that you don't. And if anybody has eyes that are Kelly green that bright, I'd be worried about them. <laughs> so actually, you know, I mean, I get to the hospital, but um, green, you know, so yes, chroma key, you do not, you just need solid color. So uh, give it a try. Give it a try. Give it a try. And then uh, quickly, I know we're parking on this longer than uh, I warned you about here, but I think it's so valuable to get practical for any teachers listening. So you mentioned Wii Video. I've done a lot with Wii Video and green screens. It's very effective. I haven't done as much with Do Ink, but I've been hearing about it for years. And of course, I've also seen what uh, iMovie can do with green screens. And and let, let me tell you, if you have iPads in your class, uh, that's all you need, really. iPads and, and that iMovie app. So they do a great job as well. Is there anything? I know I, I was disappointed to discover this year, I my class went into the Adobe Suite. And so I was doing some video with Adobe Rush. I don't know if you spend time in Adobe and it seemed like, from what I recall, I don't think Adobe Rush will do green screen editing. Is that your understanding as well? Honestly, uh, it's funny. I just heard from Adobe. I'm doing a live. I forgot to mention that in, in my notes. At the, um, I was asked to do a live Adobe thing in the fall, October 1st, Anyway, um, on this exact thing. And they want me to do a green screen lesson and use Adobe Spark and Rush. But I oh. haven't used Rush yet, but I know that you can use their... Adobe uh, Premiere Pro. Yes. If you have Adobe, you can use Premiere Pro for green screen. Yes. So um, honestly, I don't even know the answer to that. I I, I hope it does because <laughs> because I'm I'm going to create something with it. But if not, you can use Premiere Pro for that. And the thing too, you you mentioned, um, and I think I mentioned this to you before, is green screen apps. There's tons of them. There's Vscope. There's all there's all these green screen apps. Um, but the reason I use the two, you know, that you know I love doing and we video is because it takes it to a whole new level. And Dewey has the masking tool and the crop and and I mean it's endless animation and same thing, you know, we video has its own things too. So um so but if you want to start with green screen, there's some free ones out there too. Just um just Google free green screen apps and give them a try just to learn how to take out the background. But if you want to take it further, <laughs> yeah watch some of my uh, YouTube. You'll figure it out. (laughs) 
What do you think of the Zoom sort of real-time green screen effect that we see in our conference calls and, and faculty meetings online? Funny you said that. I don't know if you saw my video. Um, I was on the Evo Hannon show just a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, maybe that was last week. And I created a whole video to teach you different ways you can use Google Slides to create backgrounds uh, uh, for these things. Yeah. And Zoom, the Zoom Ecamm Live has a green screen option, and so does Microsoft Teams. The one about the thing about Zoom is they let you do video as well. So um, instead of just showing slides, always you know use the green screen. So if you watch, if um, I can link that too, if you watch that video, it will tell you exactly my answer for that question. I think it's fantastic, and I hope it gets uh, better with technology with it. I agree with that last part because I have fun. I mean, I do a monthly edu podcaster Zoom meeting, a private meeting. And so we all have fun with our Zoom backgrounds, of course. And we put our podcast logos behind us and we put the, I think there's a stock clip of a blowing palm tree on a beach and all that stuff. But as you said, you know, the fact that it can pick it up in real time is really exciting and, you know, it's improving all the time. So I, I expect very soon it will uh, it will be at a, a place that it really just blows us away. And who knows, at some point, maybe we'll be able to dispense with the green screens. Exactly. And I um, but I I, I get I, I'm the same way, too. I wish I had a remote control. That's the hard part about using it because I, I have to plan things out about when I'm going to change the background. But in my video that you'll see, I actually teach people how to use GIFs or GIFs um, where you can put them into a video production uh, app or put them into WeVideo or even Doink or whatever, iMovie, and make a video out of it and then put them behind you. But as far as your logo, just put it into Google Slides and shrink it down. Leave a space for yourself. Now, the lefts and rights are opposite on the computer, so it gets confusing. And then just... File, download as a PNG, and there's your logo behind you. Your head's, it's not getting chopped off. You also, um, I found that I'm using my bigger green screen helps because my green, my small green screen from Padcaster, another great thing everybody should get as a Padcaster, um, it, it was cutting off my slides that I was making for behind me. So it helped to have a bigger green screen. But if you don't, use Google Slides. Just shrink it down and make a custom slide for yourself and leave leave a spot for you. And it looks amazing. It looks so professional. So go for it. You know, I love that advice. I'm going to do that. So edu podcasters at our next summit, look out for my new and revised. Thanks to the Erica Sandstrom advice of background. (laughs) I'm full of it. Clearly. Well, Erica, uh, as you look across your PLN and your own practice, what else is setting you on fire about education today? Is there something else besides green screens and SEL that is really captivating you right now? <laughs> I know, right? I need other, um, I need other uh, things going on because you know that I'm constantly playing on uh, new features and doing and all that. My homemade green screen studio—that's I've been learning more about just how to to make all that better, but. Um, I think what lights me on fire right now is the global education and the connections that not only I'm making, but everybody is, all of us. And I, I don't know if this would have happened if we didn't have this crisis. I really don't. And I, you know, for example, that video I keep talking about through Evo Hannon was out of Dubai. And we're all so busy living our lives in these hamster wheels. You know, we were just go, go, go. And missing 
so much um, time for reflection in the present moment and to follow our true passions and and to learn. So I, I can't I can't even keep up with all the online learning and, and stuff. So what's lighting me on fire is just that I know I'm not supposed to say green screen or mindfulness, but it's that everybody's interested in it now and that I'm also meeting people from all over the world. And I'm, I don't feel so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you 100%. And it, it's been so fun. Yeah, I feel like the PLN has just, we've added this extra burst of life thanks to the quarantine and uh, remote learning. And, and I think you see more and more teachers who are maybe disconnected before, right? Who are suddenly saying, okay, I need to look for answers and solutions outside my own building because here I am at home. I need help. And, uh, and so the, the family yeah. is growing that much bigger. Yeah. And I wanted to say shout out to Evo as well over in Dubai. I had him on the show a while ago, and he's a fantastic human being and educator as well. So make sure you connect with him. Erica, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice right now? It's, it's kind of a, a stunning or audacious question because you're into so much. But have you got a specific professional goal or maybe a project that you're currently working on? Well, see, there's the problem. I have too many. And uh, being, a, being an adult, I'm, I'm out now about my ADHD because I'm helping people. You know, and that's it's a beautiful thing. But um, I do have a lot of things and a lot of goals and a lot of dreams. So I'll tell you about a few of them. And maybe somebody out there will be the person to help me because I think it's time for me to ask for help. <laughs> um, so uh, Green Screen Gal, of course, I would love for that uh, to, to be more. Um, I'm working with all these um, fun summits and everything, but these online courses, I, I've been teaching online courses for Green Screen for a couple years, but I would like to put them somewhere so everybody, you know, and, and so all teachers can get to them all over the world. But um, one of those is, or one of them is called Become a Green Screen Rockstar. Another one is called uh, Become a Green Screen Guru after the Rockstar one. And then uh, I have one Cultivating Compassion Through Creativity, which um, is one that uh, ties in. It shows you how to do all the cool things we're doing for mindfulness. Uh, I have a video production one. I even have an app smashing. So getting those courses up, I'm praying that my uh, two of them will be up in August for everybody. Um, I'm also um, excited about my new role as a digital learning coach. But another thing in the works is uh, my Mindful Superhero Club. I am so, I have this huge dream to um, get that club in every school possible. And it's not just a mindfulness club. It's actually um, a video green screen club because they're doing all these, uh, they're creating these videos and um, these productions. And also with the volunteering that we do with the green screen. So I hope to, to build that some more. I have, um, I had uh, a woman reach out to me this morning, actually. She has three middle schools in her district and she wants to put mindful superheroes in those. So I'm looking um, to, to grow that. So I, I hope maybe uh, I'll meet the right people to help me make that happen. Um, and then my most recent thing, you probably laugh at this, Tim, because of this video I did on Evo show, uh, I have gotten my superintendent took me out to school. I mean, took me out to school. Jeez. He took me out to lunch. He took me out to the heat. It's the heat. He took me out to lunch and he said, Erica, I saw that video and I think you should start a YouTube show for Green Screen Gal and for your Mindful Superhero Club. You should be on a PBS show or something like that. And then literally two hours later, I got it. Um, I also heard from a, a woman, uh, Laura Brower. She's from Crazy PLN. I don't know if you know her. She's amazing. Um, and then somebody else all within two hours 
I was told by three people that don't know each other, you need to, you need to do this. And I think once you watch the video, you'll see what I'm talking about. Cause I'm climbing out of the computer. I'm running from dinosaurs and there's so many ways I could teach, you know, use the kids and use mindfulness to create something like that. That was a big answer. So <laughs> I didn't even tell you everything. <laughs> Erica, I love that you are a dreamer. You're a visionary and you've got a lot going on. And uh, like you said, if you are listening right now, and you have the technical expertise and the interest, the passion that aligns with Erica, make sure you reach out and help her get mindful superheroes into more schools and, and some of these other projects that she mentioned. Erica, outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that ignites your passions when you leave the classroom, when you leave the green screen and really brings you alive as a human being? Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you, um, I love how you ask for one example for things. And I'm thinking I'm the president of um, Overpackers Anonymous when I try to go away for a weekend. So of course I don't have just one answer, but um, something I do uh, in my free time, I, I teach um, yoga and I, and I practice yoga, but uh, paddleboarding, biking, boating, anything water related and uh, paddleboard yoga. <laughs> uh, I also um, own a company, another company, Tim, called Painter's Pub, but I, I mostly just do private parties and, and charity events right now, but I teach uh, painting. So I'm actually painting for myself. I got a canvas out and I, and I did it and I'm doing that. Um, I'm also taking photography courses anywhere I can. My sister, Sarah Sandstrom, she is a um, professional photographer and it's been helping me a lot because I need to get better at that. But one thing that COVID has forced me to do is learn how to cook and, uh, of course, in my free time, you know, because I don't sleep, is uh, I'm trying to learn how to play the guitar. So how's that for an answer? <laughs> hey, that, that is a pretty good list. That's a pretty good list. I re I resonate with a few of those. I love the photography. I'm not a serious photographer, but uh, I do enjoy it. And uh, paddleboarding as well. I'm hoping to do some paddleboarding tomorrow. So I'm with you there. Are there some pretty good spots in the Boston area? Oh, goodness. I just... I can literally go out my door and throw it in the ocean. Um, so I nice. bought a board last year. I traded in my surfboard, uh, just turned a big five zero. So I'm like, all right, it's time, it's time to switch it up. But I, I love paddleboarding right outside the door. Just walk down to the Beverly Harbor. Absolutely. We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment, but teachers on fire, I need to ask you, have you received your free fidgets yet? Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that make physical computing easy. There's no soldering, wiring, or breadboarding. You simply plug in a sensor, write a few lines of code in your favorite language, and go. Fidgets are used by thousands of STEM professionals all over the world and are now available for educators. If you have a makerspace or teach coding, this tool is especially for you and your learners. Try it out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. That's bit.ly slash p-h-i-d-g-e-t-s on fire. You'll receive your free fidget starter kit and you'll also be helping the podcast. So thank you in advance. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Share about a personal habit or a productivity hack that contributes to your success, Erica. I, truth be told, I wanted to ask you about this earlier, but I thought I would bite my tongue and save it because I knew this question was coming up. So I'm in particular interested in your methodology for mindfulness. Are you a journaler? Are you a list keeper? Uh, do you have an app or a routine that you rely on? How do you stay centered every day and focused on what you need to be focused on? <laughs> 
Okay. I know you're asking me that because I'm a total spaz, especially on these podcasts. But I, uh, And I actually listen to your podcast for many reasons, but I always skip, if I'm in a hurry, I skip to the end to find out what other people do. Because that is, you know, that's, that is something I do struggle with. However, I, it's interesting that you said um, journaling, because I think the thing that I would like to tell everybody is that uh, keeping a daily gratitude journal is a magic potion. It is a magic potion. It changes your brain chemistry. It's proven by science, but it surrounds you with so much positivity. It's almost like it turns you into a magnet. But also, it just is a way to cheer me up. Even at the end of the day, when my um, I use the Thankful app, um, and the Thankful app, it, there's plenty of them out there. I like it because I can put a picture and I can use voice to text because I'm always in a hurry. Um, it actually centers me at the end of my end of my day, and I write at least three to five things. Oprah Winfrey's the the, the queen of this, but it's so powerful to actually write it down. And I'm not talking about um, the there's different types of gratitude. That's a whole other uh, podcast because <laughs> I teach a whole thing on gratitude. But the one type of gratitude that I don't think people do enough or actually physically put it down is your daily gratitude of what happens throughout your day. And what I mean by that is you know, okay, the coffee was great this morning and I had cream left in the fridge and psyched. So that goes down. And then throughout your day, you know, some days it's, oh my God, I saw a squirrel. It was cute. Great. But other days you can't stop writing. You know, you will be in my gratitude journal tonight just for this. And that one is powerful. As far as staying organized, um, I, I, I need to, I need to start using the Pomodoro technique. Are you familiar with that? Is it 45 minutes on 10 minutes off, something like that? I think it's 25 on 25. Five okay. Yeah. And yes. um, so I also be an ADHD. I use a, a timer and it's funny because I, I, for the students, one of my, one of my lessons, um, SEO lessons actually through, through remote learning was we had a um, declutter challenge and in the declutter challenge, I was teaching them photography. They had to do time-lapse and uh, use a tripod and all this. And they had to, uh, pick something they wanted to clean. It could be cleaning out the fridge or, you know, the bedroom or, you know, the, whatever, the garage. But they time it and make a video and it's just a riot uh, how they come out. So I have literally, and this is kind of embarrassing, but I have literally, just to get myself to finish cleaning a corner or cleaning something, I will put on the time lapse and film it and be goofy and do the jumping jacks in the middle of the film and stuff because I know that I will finish and so I think setting a timer <laughs> is something that I have to do <laughs> or my squirt man goes everywhere else. <laughs> I don't think that's silly at all. And, and you and I are maybe in the minority here, but I love documenting and sharing that because, you know, it not only does it inspire others, but it keeps you accountable as well. Like you said, you know, you've discovered that when you start that time lapse, it's that extra encouragement to finish. So why not? Really? Why not? Right. That's a great practice. And it's great footage too. And it also reminds me of what it used to look like if it gets messy again. Um, and another, another good one, just to throw it in there is uh, Mel, Rob Mel Robbins, five second rule. She, and if you Google it, it's, it's pretty, pretty powerful. It's just basically takes you out of that. You know, when you wake up in the morning and a lot of people wake up and they go right to stress or right to their phone. Um, I'm guilty of it too. And, um, start thinking about all the things that have to get done. And, and she, the five second rule takes you out of that spiral. 
it basically resets your brain and then you get right back to what the first thing you need to do. And you know, five, four, three, two, one. She explains it better though. All right, Erica, it is time for your quick picks. And here we want to know the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today. So I'm not going to allow you to overpack on these, okay? You've got to keep it to just a one or two answers if you can. But starting at Twitter, tell us about someone we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately. All right. Well, I, I think um, on Twitter, I would say Chris Quinn. He's a new friend I've met. Uh, he is so big on gratitude and his his what he posts is amazing. And then um, a hashtag that I like is same here that Eric Cusson has started. And it's it's uh, super powerful for anybody. And if you know anybody that's depressed or has anxiety and is really struggling, um, have them check out same here. But the person they should check out the most is my dear friend, Gary Goleman. Gary Goleman is a professional comedian, but we've been friends for over 20 years. Um, and um, he, uh, his comedy and his HBO special called The Great Depression is all about how he uh, overcame or is overcoming his depression. And it's helping so many people out there. And I just know so many people are suffering. And so please reach out if, if, um, if you're struggling because these, these people are the answer. They really are. They're incredible. Okay, a couple of great shout outs there. I think Chris Quinn, if I'm thinking of the right person, recently retired, but I asked him on Twitter, are you planning on staying in the education conversation? He said, absolutely, yes, as long as you'll have me. And so, Chris, we love you. We appreciate everything you're sharing with the education community. And then the hashtag I wanted to ask as well, Erica, and I'm, I'm not uh, saying this tongue in cheek, but was it sane here or same here? M or N? <laughs> no, it's actually same with an M. Okay. All here right. and his, his motto is we're all a little crazy okay it's, it's, really, it's really cool you'll like it all right point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using somewhere in your professional practice and you are the queen of tools how can you possibly choose one i know i'm in trouble i knew that would happen i was like i talk fast it's fine no um okay um on, honestly i've mentioned a bunch already but mindful break chrome extension it's similar to the calm breathing bubble but mindful break chrome extension Every kid should have it on there. It's a breathing bubble and a little piece of advice. And I have a new love for Buncee and Book Creator, but I love Mindful Break. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Chrome extension. Cool. You are so much fun. Recommend one book, Erica, one that you've been reading lately, or perhaps one of your all-time faves that's been deeply influential in your growth. Well, um, one that I was just given to by a friend of mine, my friend Unique, uh, Gabby Bernstein, Super Attractor. But um I, I I'm usually have my nose in Mindful Magazine. Shocker, right? I know. But you learn something new every day. And um, I, I'm halfway through Atomic Habits, but I need to start over. <laughs> it's really good. Yes, yes. I have not finished that one yet either, but James Clear is rich. I'm with you there. And then you mentioned that you, you do listen to or you've caught maybe a few episodes of Teachers on Fire. What else are you listening to in your podcast deck? Is there another podcast and that doesn't have to be education related, but is there another one that you can share with the audience? Um, yeah, I was fortunate to, uh, enough to be on Steam Up the Classroom uh, with Tori Cameron and get a cue through Matt's cue. But I love Dan Harris, 10% Happier. Um, that goes along with his app and everything. But Dan Harris uh, for mindfulness is, is great. And he started one during COVID that's even even better. So everybody should listen to that. 
Okay, two more, both about video right in your wheelhouse. First of all, YouTube. Now, we want to give a shout out to your YouTube channel. I mentioned it at the top. So make sure you subscribe to Erica Sandstrom. Tell us about another one, Erica, that you enjoy and maybe one that inspires your practice in some way. Okay, well, um, a teacher that I'm sure you all know is uh, um, Levant Ergadin. Uh, I call him the Zach King of education. Um, but I'm always... I'm always listening to, or going to Kid President and Brad Montag, um, who created Kid President, uh, and also Zach King, because of the, I learned video production through him. Just, and his, I, I don't know who Kid President, I'm sure everybody does know who Kid President is at this point, but if you don't, um, those are so powerful for your students. Um, yeah, and I'm always listening to Binarial Beats as well. I think there's a connection between Kid President and Soul Pancake too, isn't there? Yes, yes, they did pick up uh, Kid President's Soul Pancake. Soul Pancake is uh, amazing, too. And um, I know I'm not supposed to give any more, but one last one. How to ADHD. How to ADHD. That's what it's called. All right. It is awesome. I love that you are so forthright about that part of yourself and your makeup and your challenges there. And I think, has that, I mean, I'm sure I know the answer here, but has that created a lot of cool connections with kids who are learning maybe in a similar way? Yes, it does. Because they 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 uh, they trust me more, I think. And um, but I also I'm also really uh, big into trying to teach them that it's a gift. Mm. It is not. It is it is a gift having ADHD, and it's I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I probably could use a good housekeeper, but it, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's in, um, a lot of the, those kids. I, I know how they feel. Uh, that book, you mean I'm not crazy, lazy, or stupid, is very powerful. So. Yes. And my mindfulness is what has helped me through that. That is, that is the true medicine for it. Wow. Awesome. Very last question is just a light one, Erica. It is summertime and school hasn't started for most teachers. So what are you watching on Netflix these days? We want to know. <laughs> How many can I say? <laughs> um, I, we just finished uh, Money Heist, um, Dead to Me. Shit's Creek is a must. Um, Heart of Dixie guilty, but the funny one the other night, I don't know how this happened. I think it's COVID being being in the house, but we watched Floor is Lava. And all of a sudden I look up and um, and actually I joined in. We started doing uh, parkour on top of the furniture around the house. <laughs> Just like the show. You have to, you have to try it. I don't recommend doing parkour, but we were, it was really fun. <laughs> floor is Lava. Yes, yes. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I think we have tried it. I've got a couple of teenagers here. It's been a while though. So maybe I need to bring that yeah. back. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> well, Erica, you are connected in so many places. I, we've talked about Adobe and WeVideo, and I know there are a ton of other conferences and virtual summits that you are a part of. What are the best ways for the listeners to connect with the green screen gal? <laughs> um, well, I am yeah, on the uh, teacher teach with tech conference this next week as well. Um, I, I guess uh, Twitter is a great place to find me at Green Screen Gal and greenscreengal.com. It's under construction, but you can find me there. There's some freebies there for everybody. I'd love for you to grab them and keep in touch with me about my courses that are going to be posted. And I'm also on uh, Instagram, greenscreengal44. So there's a couple. And on YouTube, I would love some subscribers to YouTube because I'm going to go for that, uh, that whole 
show thing. <laughs> hey, Erica, when I visited greenscreengal.com, I have to say your website is like no other site. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of fun and activity and things popping out of the side, and, and uh, it's cool. It's really, really cool. So it's a good exhibition for your work, and yeah, absolutely. Can't say enough. If you are curious, if you're listening and you're curious about doing more this year, in, and of course, none of us knows exactly what this year will look like through, uh, from start to finish. But if you'd like to do more in the media space, make sure you connect with Erica. You can't go wrong. Again, Erica, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time. First of all, on Instagram Live and now here on the podcast. This has been fun and enlightening and you are a special friend. I'm so glad our paths crossed. Take care and let's talk again soon. Well, thank you, Tim. I feel the same way. Namaste to you. You're amazing. Before we sign off today, I'd like to share some highlights from the Teachers on Fire Nation. Our first stop is on Twitter, where Brian Carpenter, at Brian Carr, tweeted, Good morning, Tim and Mike. Appreciate the candid convo about teacher SEL. What a story. Minecraft and living passionately with at Mr. Washburn in at Teachers on Fire, episode 152. Solid podcast to inspire you in your day about going big at fresh air at five hashtag balance lap well thank you so much for another awesome video reflection of your learning brian brian regularly goes on these long learning walks in the mornings where he listens to podcasts gets in shape and shares his learning on twitter through tweets and videos like this one i first connected with brian at a google summit featuring trevor mckenzie and holly clark and i'm so thankful our paths crossed Thank you again, Brian, for modeling lifelong learning and being such a positive support. Next on Instagram, on June 13th, I posted a picture of a local sunset and wrote, the sun is setting on my 19th year in the classroom. This was one for the record books. Back in 2001, when I started, what would remote learning have looked like? Hashtag mountains of photocopies, hashtag correspondence courses. And to that, Ginny Limer at Ginny Limer replied, 9-11, our first year, COVID-19, our 19th year. Hashtag Limers Learn. Well, it sounds like Ginny and I have the same career trajectory, which is really fun. But Ginny, you are so right. 9-11 happened two weeks into my first year of teaching in 2001. And COVID-19 happened right here in my 19th year of teaching. I don't know what to make of those numbers, but that is certainly interesting. Thank you so much for following me on Instagram. At the new Teachers on Fire Facebook group, I asked teachers to share recharging pics. Grab a recent snapshot from your phone's camera roll and show us how you're recharging this week, I wrote. We got a number of fun responses, including Lisa Tobin, who shared a picture of her and her husband on a jet ski. She wrote, this was us over the weekend, and Lisa, I have to admit I'm a little envious, looks like a ton of fun. Big thanks to Lisa for joining me on the new Teachers on Fire Facebook group, where I would love to see you pop by as well. To all who have read, viewed, liked, retweeted, commented, or replied to my content in any way, shape, or form, thank you. You are the fuel to my fire, and I so appreciate your support. If you're looking for some good summer reading, make sure you drop by the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium, where we've featured recent pieces by Tammy Breitweiser, Brad Davis, and Jamie Brown. 
If you'd like to join our growing writing team, your first step is to create a Medium account using your Google credentials. Message me at Teachers on Fire on any social media platform for more details. If you're looking for some free virtual professional development opportunities in the coming days, Check out the events being hosted by Adobe and WeVideo on July 28 to 30. Both opportunities look absolutely incredible and I highly recommend them both. Very unfortunate that they are both taking place on precisely the same days. How did that happen? Well, as always, I will leave you with this quote from my reading Teachers on Fire. It comes from a book called Crushing It. It's written by a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. You'll find him on Twitter at Gary V. He is not an educator. But I think educators and students can learn from a lot of what Gary says and does. And he writes this, when it comes to professional opportunities, this is the best time to be alive in the history of humankind. I don't want anyone to waste it. What Gary is referring to there is the power today of anyone to create content and share ideas that for the first time ever can be read, seen, and heard literally around the world. You think one generation ago, the gatekeepers of publishing houses, cable channels, and radio stations held an iron grip on that control. But today, all of us can create and share, and the world is listening. It's an incredibly powerful message that I want every educator and student to understand, and it's part of what motivates me to put in the work on this podcast. On that note, I want to say a special thank you to amazing educators like you who stick with me through the full length of these episodes and support my work. It's because of people like you that the podcast just broke 3,000 plays in one seven-day period and my audience only continues to grow. It took me over two years to break 100,000 plays, but at this rate, I'll be at 200,000 before the third year is up. You, my dear listener, are a huge part of that, and I hope my creation journey inspires you to begin your own creative project. Nothing makes me happier than to hear that my work has inspired an educator or student to move forward with their own dreams. Like Gary says, it really is the best time to be alive in the history of humankind. Even with COVID-19, I still believe that is true. Again, I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way the content you heard from Erica Sandstrom sparked your thinking and ignited your practice, and I'll meet you next week right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. Take care, stay safe, and keep on learning.